0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: Rusty Quill Presents
2: Hey everyone, Alex Talanda here. Before we get this week's Behind the Ostium started, I just wanted to talk about the Ostium Sagas. It's a spin-off series I've come up with where Steve finds an ancient tome hidden in the Ostium network and begins recording the stories within its pages of people going through Ostium doors and getting stuck in whatever time they're in. Right now, it's only being released on our Patreon. However, you can get instant access to the number of episodes already released by becoming a patron at any level. To do that, all you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast and become a member for as little as one or two dollars a month and start listening to this original series. New episodes are released every week, and the Ostium Saga is going to be running for a long time. Once again, that's patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. Okay, on with this week's Behind the Ostium. Okay, on to episode 35. Skyland Mountain. Hang on, I was going to try guessing. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Skyland Mountain. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to see what I, when I mention it in my notes here. Well, I have a lot of notes. Um. Okay, I'll just get to it when I mention it in my notes of what Skyland. Put it this way: I'll just throw it real quick before we start. Do you do another reference with Skyland Mountain at all? I didn't until the ep, you know it, okay. it's mentioned in the episode, right. but I didn't. I wouldn't have gotten it. Okay. No, that's just me nerding out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I originally had. Why well, I think I talked about it in the kind of introductory episode for this season of just how I had different things named, and this originally was named Nexus or something with a, a building point, but I thought. If you're familiar at all with that X Files episode, I mean, it literally has cable cars in it, much like this one does, and um, and I was definitely pulling a lot from that mentally of of sound and feel and how that wall was in that episode. Um, but it just felt like a good a good kind of mimicry there to to use that. So episode thirty five. Um, I knew at this point when I was writing this episode that I only wanted to have a couple episodes for each storyline that I didn't want to keep this going for too long and risk boring the reader or stretching out the storylines too much with them going in separate tangents and potentially making it so that the listener was like, yeah, yeah, I know they're in the same world. Just get them together already. (laughs) Or I have no clue how they're, what's going on here and how, how separate these lines are. Um, I don't know if I can keep going for this. So that's why I wanted to kind of, start to bring things together and it worked kind of well too, as this kind of mid-season kind of cliffhanger-y buildup. Um, so I started it off like it was a usual Monica episode, you know, doing a fake here where you think, oh, it's another Monica episode. Okay, well, I guess we're going to go with this again, um, which we're used to at this point with the cliffhanger. Um, Mona's works on working out when the photo was taken because... The time frame makes all the difference of knowing how it all fits together. Um, and then we have only a short intro from her and then the music changes. Did you notice that? I did. I actually went into the to the notes to see um,
0: who some of the composers were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have a couple tracks that I've downloaded. Oh, cool. Um, just completely... Um, I found them and I downloaded. I you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people that listen to podcasts have heard of Lee Rosevere. Yeah. But the the other ones maybe not so much. I'm like Dr. Turtle. I'm like Dr. Yeah. Turtle. Re- I thought <laughs> I was the only person who have ever heard of Dr. Turtle. But yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but again, I feel because I was intentionally setting a lot of that up with the first four episodes of each person having their own um soundtrack to stuff. Um you can kind of spot here. Wait a minute. Well, this music's different now, and it's not the usual moniker episodes. Uh, I mean, moniker music. So, what are we going to get here? And then you hear Dave's point of view and him kind of giving his details and what's going on. Um, and it kind of sets up stuff of what's to come down later in the episode. Um, we continue with the cliffhanger from Dave's last episode um, as he's going to confess to Jake about what's been going on with him how he's dealing with it and why he kind of held his tongue for so long and how it's changed now um jake as we've already talked about is at this point a little used to being lied to and was willing to give it some (laughs) breadth and some time um and just in his own way, it was almost like because he knew something was going on with Jake, he was able to be like, okay, well, that's that. I'll put a pin in that and put that to the side. Now let's look at the Austin Network and the weird anomalies and stuff going on here. And I can kind of deal with that. And then when he's ready, I can pull off, pull that pin out and we can talk about it, which is kind of how he mentally dealt with it. Um, and you now get to hear about the history of the Austin Network from someone who's not Monica, which was kind of fun to do something a little different there cover some familiar ground, but get in show it from a different viewpoint with different details. Um ideally at this point, the listener has worked out that Dave and Monica are probably related. And um so then your, your, your curiosity is growing as you're wondering what, what's the connection here? Um and again with different tie lines and possible tangents, there's still a possibility that they're not somehow connected, but you're pretty sure they are. Did you think at this point, Dwayne, that you were pretty certain? I I i guessed what was going on
0: but I wasn't 100% sure mm. I was right. Um I I honestly I if I had to put a number on it I'd have said maybe 50-50 that I was right.
2: <laughs> um
0: but but yeah, I still be uh, odds betting on <laughs> Yeah, I would have bet on it, yeah. In, in Ostium anyway. The <laughs> The the story. I mean, there was a lot of clues go, going through and re-listening as I'm taking notes to do our behind the osteums. Um, there are you did drop some clues, um, mm-hmm. more than one. So so I mean, I'm, it,
2: I'm realizing now as we talk about this too. Setting up with Monica's age being that, and then you think, well, that's got to be a good chunk older than Dave. It then makes it more feasible than, oh wait, he she actually could be his mother, and then. We, of course, have the irrefutable proof in the photo that Dave shows to Jake. And then we have a kind of a big, tense, explosive moment where they're all kind of realizing who is in the photo and who they all are. And it's much bigger than they, they even thought it was. And it's also the point this point where hopefully the listeners kind of worked it out. And it's like, whoa, that's really cool. And then the characters are like, this is too much. What <laughs> It was this all along? We had no idea. Um, did that hit you in the same way, Dwayne? Um, I
0: think I was expecting Dave to be a little more freaked out that he was Steve. Mm. That why, you know, and, and I mean, the story does touch on why that happens, but it, why does, you know, I would have been like, why do I think my name is Dave when that everybody else is saying my name is Steve, you mm-hmm. know, um, cause Jake spent, Jake spent a lot of time talking about Monica and looking for Steve. Yeah. Um, you know, at first we don't think Steve is her son, but then when we, we find out it's okay. It's her son, but then no one is th- expecting Dave to, to be. To that be Steve. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I didn't either until I wrote the lines. I was like, Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> um, and again, with the more details that were released in this, released in this episode in season six, it kind of fits in better and makes a little more sense of why this is going on, you know, a little retconning or what
0: (laughs) it seems. It seems odd. We're on, we're on season four talking about season six, but when you think about what happens in season five, it, it does make sense that yes, we're talking about season six being a, the next logical step from Mm -hmm. season four because of what happens in season five.
2: Right. And, um, I'm trying to think if this will be released by the time, well, patrons will have this by the time Um, it's all released before season six comes out. Um, So yeah, because there's definitely going to be a lot of links between season four and season six is kind of like continuing the story, but also explaining some stuff of what was going on. But then I also feel like we've done that a lot throughout the behind the ostium of talking about how seasons relate to each other, moments, events, and things like that of just partially me filling in the holes that I want to, but also finding everything is all just connected.
0: Correct. I mean, in, you have done the, the Marty McFly going back in time and watching himself do something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's not like we're doing something similar here, but it, it eventually has to happen as you're explaining how everything works. Mm-hmm. um you're you're going to be re as as a listener you're going to be reevaluating stuff that's happened in, in earlier seasons um so spoilers no this isn't a spoiler um, <laughs> they're, 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 what do you
2: know that i don't know joy
0: <laughs> i don't know uh, i think i've i think i've given you a couple ideas um the now the the what's going on in season four is a really great way to explain what goes on in ostium mm-hmm. But it, it is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find a good way to that is right. and analogy that's, that again I
2: that was me writing it and yeah, setting up these, you know, almost like lighting fuses or something, you know. <laughs> and then it's, you know, at some point the fuse is gonna reach the explosion, and that's when the reveal is gonna happen. And it's very much me, yeah uh, getting setting stuff up that I like I know I want to answer, but it's gonna be down the road when we get to it. I definitely do feel because of how I am with my discovery writing and working along I've it is strictly starting to kind of steer towards whatever that finale is however far away it is and distant of how the thing is all going to end it is all going to connect together and really make it I mean, I've intentionally called this a network and all linked together because that's how it's all going to work out at the end I don't know what the ending is yet or how it does I've had some <laughs> hints mentally or whatever but um <laughs> I, I do feel it's all kind of starting to drive towards that point, you know. Um, Monica hinted previously of where she needs to finally go, um, of come, of needing to go basically to the top. This is where the answers are. This is the place that she could not go before, and now there's no one to say, "Hey, you're not allowed up there. You're not part of the big wigs." She can say, "Screw you guys. I'm going." um and it was a chance for me to use the cable car because if you know anything about Gibraltar they don't they do have cable cars they go to the top of the rock I did at least once or twice in my youth long long ago um if you haven't been on a cable car it's a little freaky if you don't like heights because you're in this little box thing going up and it's because it's being held from the top it's you know swinging around like a pendulum kind of and then um it's, you know it's the long wire that curves up and then it's got these connection poles holding it up along the way and so each time you go over one of these connection things it's like shaking it more you know like about a turbulence or whatever and you're like it's going to drop and actually um i haven't got i don't remember the details on it but a cable car did drop in italy like a month or two ago
0: <laughs> I, I remember reading <laughs> yeah, about it just that,
2: yeah. and everyone died <laughs> so <laughs> yeah like a plane crash you know um uh and so the, the it was kind of fun here using that cable car as a symbol just both for the jib for the osti network and in some ways i say here almost like chekhov's gun where they see it going up and they're like well there's the proof someone else is here and they're going up there which means we got to do that too we got to go up there and you know moniker at the top is going to see well someone's following me because they're coming up in that cable car and it's the you know again all part of this building and ratcheting up and you know you literally have everything coming to the point at the top of the war of the rock basically um and it led to also having a cool new logo for the show with the little ostium network with the cravel car and stuff which worked really well sarah warren the artist did a really fantastic job of capturing it and giving it a whole new life um yeah i wasn't sure Oh, and uh Duane, if you knew um this history kind of with Gibraltar at all with the, the cable cars and stuff, or is that new to you?
0: Uh, actually, I believe we talked about it when we were in Seattle. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned that the, uh, in Gibraltar, mm-hmm. they actually do have the cable car.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but uh, on my own, no, I did not know. Yeah, that. it's one of
2: those things where it's like, I think most people know of Gibraltar that exists and stuff, but specific details about it are minimum, yeah. Um, also, it was... You know me literally bringing everything to a whole new level <laughs> physically mentally emotionally um so monica's going to the top and she has no idea what she's going to find up there she's never been up there before it's all new to her um the little tidbit here little easter egg the cable car door sound opening and closing was me in my mail truck recording with my <laughs> recorder, doing that like ten times, and then playing around with it a little bit. But so yeah, that's that's my own little bit of foley contributed to Austin. <laughs> <laughs> it works. I don't. Know, I think, and it, it, it does sound, in my mind at least, how it does feel. Yeah. Um, and again, I pulled on various train sounds and things like that to try to recreate it. in my mind. Again, I haven't been on a cable car in thirty years or whatever, thirty plus years, whatever it's been um creating in my mind what i what i thought that kind of sounded like um but it was also fun kind of to change the dynamic of the show in a way of putting them on this new vehicle that wasn't something that everyone was necessarily familiar with and to play with it um in different ways and then have monica referenced um the episode um and actually i have a note here saying it was originally the episode was originally going to be called peak but this felt better because it was a huge and a reference and just of how much i'd pulled from the x-files episode it it worked out well in applying it to this episode um again you even have like when Mulder is going up um in the cable car he's like controlling it with the speed and he's like zooming up trying to catch this guy and each time he gets to this little the little stanchion thing he has to slow down otherwise it might hop off and stuff and so i was pulling a lot from that um
1: jake
2: talks about the weird name differences with dave and steve um this was something in the original writing that i should have fixed but i didn't know it was going to turn out this way it's one of those things where oh it was a mistake but we're too far down the road i can't change it now um so i kept it and basically worked out a way to make it work in the script and the story to have it make sense for the plot um did that Did that kind of work for you, or is that just too weird with Dave and Steve? And
0: no, the 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 actual explanation works fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the fact that Jake discusses to himself, do, do I call him Dave? Do I call him Steve? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and then so he does a J- very Jake thing. He asks, <laughs> you know, what should I call you? And, and
2: Dave Dave says, call me Dave for now. You know,
0: so and and yeah, that it worked for me. Yeah
2: um so again with jake seeing the cable car it's literal proof someone else is on the island um and then it also kind of it suddenly you now have the you know two separate timelines now are crossing over and linking together crossing the streams intertwining braiding whatever <clears throat> and we can tell with how i've been describing what's been going on with monica versus um Jake and Dave, that Monica is a little ahead in the time and then you can kind of then work out, oh, that's why there were these differences in the previous episodes of different things and how they all kind of slotted together because they were, as you guessed, kind of slightly off, but the same timeline. Um, So it also confirms the timeline with Monica being ahead of them that although they got to um, Dave's place first before Monica, um, and again, it's just playing around with time which has always been a fun thing with ostium that i will always continue to do and try to confuse listeners as much as possible um we have a flashback to the moment when um jake told dave he's monica's son because that was kind of like it ended on like a cliffhangery thing and it, it well i wasn't going to cop on and be like okay yeah shocking moment oh they're all freaked out okay and then everyone lived happily ever after or whatever. It's like, no, though, that's a, that's a tense moment. We need to revisit that and explain more with that. So you have Dave kind of dealing with the fallout of that and processing it. Um, but then so we have that with uh, with Dave dealing with it and basically having kind of a fallout from that. And then we move on to the next day, as we should do, um, coming back to the present with Dave also seeing the cable car. Um, and it makes it clear that with them, both acknowledging someone else is here. We've got to go follow them and find out what's going on and who this is. Um, They don't know who it is. The listener does very likely, but um, we don't know. They don't know who it is at this point. Um, And it was fun having an episode with this back and forth of switching with each character and then having the music be kind of your signals for each one and just making it a little more complex and different and showing that this was the mid-season episode. There was big stuff happening. It was different from the previous ones. Um, so then we get cut back to Monica on the cable car, and she's able to see from her viewpoint too, the EV electric vehicle of Jake and Dave moving towards the cable car station, and they're going to be following her. So she knows they're about whoever it is, is about to come meet her. She doesn't know who it is, but it sets up an inevitable showdown. As I said, it was, you know, Chekhov's gun. <laughs> the cable car is there. It means it's all going to come to a head. Um, I made it. Okay. So apparently at some point I made a reference with the cable car being a flying umbrella. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I, rem- I remember one, right? the li- I do remember the line. Do yes. you know what the reference is from? No. Disney's Robin Hood. I put that in here. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's the point where um little john is on top of it's when everything's going crazy after they've revealed that robin hood is in disguise and everyone's going and they were going to chop off his head and they're like no and then they went, everything went crazy and he's like on top of a a tent i think with a bunch of like hippos pushing it along and stuff and he's like hey who's flying this crazy umbrella whatever <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's what his little little easter egg in there um And then with Monica getting to the top, we finally get to see HQ that I've talked about a number of times in previous episodes and and what it actually looks like. And this was again, a little fun thing of doing sci-fi stuff, but also making it different because this was the elite level where not many people of the Austin network had seen before to play around with new and different things. Um, At this point, I don't think I knew there was going to be an AI running everything, but um, as I started, like you know, writing it and describing everything and how it all felt, it made me realize that there's something got to be something bigger has got to be controlling all this. It can't just be people doing it. And the logical conclusion is it was an AI. Um, it was fun with how things kind of at the beginning half of the episode have been kind of speeding up with events and stuff like that. And then as we're coming to that point, I started to slow it down and really kind of drag it out a little bit to to build that tension that little bit more, um, switching back and forth between them as they're moving closer. Um, And also since we're in this final scene, that's when I brought in a new piece of music, different from the other ones, something totally fresh and new to show. This is new territory, new ground. The listener and the characters don't know what's gonna happen next. Um, there was also the um almost at this point over the top metaphor of we're coming to a climax and we're literally coming to the top of the mountain that is gibraltar (laughs) uh again as i'm usually as i'm when i'm writing these tense scenes i didn't really know how it was gonna happen and what was gonna you know shake out and what was gonna happen next um I just knew I wanted to keep building that thing, have the characters getting closer and closer again, doing that with the sound design too. And that it wasn't till I got up to that final moment that it set up. Well, I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm going to set up as a cliffhanger and then we're going to get to find out the next episode of what that shot was. Did someone get hurt? I mean, it kind of left it nice and open much like a, the checkups gun, a mystery or whatever, you know, a shot was fired but it was dark and no one knew what it was and did anyone get hit and what really happened?
0: And that's how it ends. It is a very good cliffhanger because yep. Thank you. every everybody everybody's sort of coming to the well, at least on Jake and Steve's side, the memories are returning. They're kind mm-hmm. of figuring things out. Um, he's thinking that, oh, okay, there, there may be hope I could find my mom again. And then at, at the cliffhanger, we're like, did he just shoot her? What, <laughs> what's going on? So did she so, shoot yeah. him? Yeah, or, yeah, just, exactly. Because was... we hear we hear both guns, so the uh, the the cliffhanger works well, especially mm-hmm. like you said for the the mid season show. It, mm-hmm. It's it's a good and um, it wasn't wait. something
2: that's that's something I think I ever really intended to do necessarily but i saw i listen you know heard other podcasts start to do it, and i was like oh that kind of makes sense and again a lot of tv shows will do it well they'll go on hiatus sometimes and then come back with the second half and so that's, i was kind of like oh it kind of worked out well and i i think i've started to do that more often now in like um maybe not season five well season five we kind of had a break too but they were different but um definitely in season six i do a little bit of that too the um the only other real note that
0: i have is that there's the watchtower um with all of the like the very broad Mm -hmm. view over all of the, the the island um and it makes it just made me wonder um my question to that would be was there a an elite team constantly keeping track of everyone else on the island um so everyone was being lied to even the people that were working in Aust- in in the Ostium network there that were doing what they thought was the legwork of everything, they had people watching them and lying to them as well.
2: What was the uh, uh, show you referenced in a previous one? I think The Prisoner, wasn't it? Isn't that very much? Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I definitely think that's part of it. And then there's the, oh, what is it called? It's um, Panopticon, I think it's called, which is the, it's a setup, usually a prison where everyone has their own cells that they're in where they can only see their little own cells, but there's a spot in the middle where whoever's guarding is able to see everyone. And I definitely think I had that kind of in my mind too, of what um, of overseeing everything. And I think pulling a little bit too, from the, the novella that I kind of pulled this idea from is it worked as kind of, as you said, a watchtower to be able to see anything that might be beyond the ostia network anything coming to attack or invade i mean that definitely happened in that kind of novella story but i think that kind of figures a little bit into it too of just being aware of you know anything that might be coming through possibly from another dimension um, or coming whatever this world is that they're in something coming in to to visit or invade or whatever is going on yeah
0: just in case cthulhu woke up and
2: (laughs) you never know with with all the stuff that they've been doing it could yeah it's definitely (laughs) You know, crossing the streams, messing up the timelines, and piss off some ancient primordial demons. Not again. <laughs> Riot was it? Riot loop. <laughs> Real?
0: Yeah. Can, you, can I, any, it... yeah. can you speak any? Yeah. Can you speak any? Probably more than I should. <laughs> you never know um, what's going to come knocking this late at night. <laughs>